Hi, hello. It is Josh Bo, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Coming to you after one of the best games the Mavericks have played this season. The Mavericks beat the Charlotte Hornets 120-96. to it's not only a win for the Mavericks against a team that is above 500. Charlotte was 15 and 13 entering tonight, but it's also a very rare double-digit win, 20-plus point win. And not only have the Mavericks won two in a row, they've won two games by double digits by 15 plus to to be more detailed there, which is just something we haven't seen from this Mavericks team in a while. It's their first two-game winning streak since the middle of November, so about a month ago. And and really, I don't know what else to say um, in terms of this performance. Like, just pr- pretty much everything went right that that could have. As you could probably tell by me talking so much in this intro, I'm not joined by my co-host Kirk Henderson. He needed to step away to to deal with them, some things at the house, um, so I wanted to to let him have the night off. He might do a green room. He might not. Um, so just wanted to keep you updated there and since it is kind of late after i've been editing recaps and some of the posts we have going tonight didn't want to necessarily drag on another staffer at this hour to uh to do a pod so it's just going to be me so it's probably going to be a little bit shorter than normal apologies that we don't get you know you don't get the full treatment after really probably the best mavericks game we've watched you know obviously since that new orleans win and and it's it was just a, it was a sight for sore eyes. That's that's what I can really say. Kristaps um, Porzingis didn't finish with his, a career high stat line at the end of the game, but that first half was probably the best basketball he's played since being a Dallas Maverick. And I'm even including some of the really great performances we saw from him in his first season uh, in, in Dallas, where he played in 2019, 2020, and into the bubble and into that playoff run. Uh, just a, a masterful performance from him. He had he had uh, 22 points in the first half. I should probably do a bit better job in making sure that I have all of his stats loaded here. Here we go. 22 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks. Uh, that's a pretty good game for him, and he did it in one half. He made three of five from three, which was huge because his three-point shot uh, has been seriously slumping this season. I think he was below 30% entering tonight. Um, He was shooting 23% in December and just, you know, made zero threes in the win against Oklahoma City. Desperately needed. And, and And he cooled off considerably in the second half. He only hit two free throws to get to 24 points. He missed all his shots from the field. Didn't take that many because the Mavericks were winning by so much. He didn't really have to, but that you know, that's you know maybe the one downside. Um, and when you look at you know how he played in that OKC game, even though the Mavericks won by 19 points, you know he had 13 points. He shot six of 17, and the Thunder don't have a front line at all. Like they just they don't have above average. You know they don't have at least average NBA quality front line. You know they're very. They're not a talented team, and all of their talent if they that they do have is in Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Josh Giddy, you know, they're Lou Dort, they're perimeter players. And they just don't have a front line at all, besides Derek Favors coming off the bench. So that was like a real even though the Mavericks won, that was a really disappointing game. Brunson had a pretty bad game in the first half, too. He played better in the third quarter. But that was a game where even though the Mavericks won, you know, your two best players, 
really should have been better. You know, without your two best players without Luca should have really been better against a team like OKC. So it was really nice to see against the Hornets, you know, very next game. And both those guys had exceptionally better games. Brunson didn't have a huge scoring night, but he didn't have to. 13 points, 8 assists. He was more of a table setter. Uh, he was the tone setter in the first half, uh, for sure. Um, making a variety of shots. He looked really good. He scored you know, 9 of his 13 points in the first half. I mean, this was really a first-half game. I mean, everything the Mavericks did that they did well happened in the first half. I mean, they were almost they had a 27-point lead at halftime, 30-point lead at one point. And really, when you get when you get a thirty point lead in the first half of the NBA, twenty seven point lead at halftime. I mean, the second half you're basically just coasting, and you've earned it. Um, you know, the Hornets technically outscored the Mavericks in the second half, but doesn't matter when you when you get a twenty seven half uh, twenty seven point first half lead. Um, it was really nice to see the Mavericks defense uh, step up. You know, they played played well enough against OKC on Sunday night, but OKC is one of the worst offensive teams I think I've ever seen. And the Hornets are the best. And even without Lamella Ball, I mean, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, Kelly Oubre, they still have some guys that can put the ball in the hoop. So this was a decent test for the Mavericks defensively. And thanks to the fact that they, you know, they started well offensively, again, that seemingly fuels how good they are on the other end and how engaged they were. I mean, the Mavericks had eight blocks and four steals this game. Um, it was really impressive. And then, I mean, in the first half alone, again, first, a lot of it capped in the first half. They forced four of those, uh, four of those blocks came in the first half. Three of those steals came in the first half. Uh, it was just really nice to see. There was just an energy and, a, and an effort level that we just haven't seen from the team most of the season. Now, the next step is, can they do something like this while they're shooting horribly? And, I mean, they've been shooting horribly all season. So they've had a lot of practice of trying to play good defense while not shooting the ball well. But it seemingly kind of comes and goes with how well they're feeling on offense. So the next step for the Mavericks is, hey, you know, they shot 51% from the floor, you know, 46% from three on 41 attempts. Even when they're right, like even if this team is playing to expectation, that's obviously not going to be the shooting performances they're going to get night in and night out. So they need to be able to play and win some games uh, defensively when they're not at their peak offensively. Um, you know the Memphis the Memphis game they won um, a couple you know last week was probably a bit better example of, of winning a game. But again, Memphis missing John Morant, but they're still playing pretty well without Ja. So you know that ended up being a pretty good win. Um, process wise, it was really funny. You know, we've been talking about the Mavericks offense and why are they so bad? And seemingly it's because the Mavericks just, all they do is take jumpers. Uh, you know, the Mavericks are a jump shot heavy team in the Luka Doncic era, but they're, they've fallen even further into that jump shooting team. Uh, I believe they're 15th in percentage of shots at the rim. 2019, 2020, I think they were 27th or 28th last season, and now they're 30th. So, you know, even though they weren't a high rim at the rim team, they're still dropped off what, from what they were, and they're replacing their shots with mid range shots and above the break threes. And tonight, um, the Mavericks kind of kept doing that, except they just made their shots. Uh, they took 35 above the break threes. Uh, tonight and they made 15 of them um you know they they made nine shots at the rim uh 
technically um, Charlotte outscored them at the rim. Charlotte was 13 of 22 at the rim. The Mavs were 9 of 17. So it's not like the Mavericks uh, got into a good rhythm by getting to the basket and attacking the basket and scoring layups. Uh, They just seemingly had a better night shooting from, from deep. And I don't know process wise how sustainable it is and you know maybe it is who knows i mean there was definitely some good aggression uh, on the offensive glass which i think was huge i think the mavericks punished a hornets team that basically didn't play center all night i mean pj washington is the closest thing they played to a real center and you know he's like six seven six eight um so the hornets basically didn't play a big man and the mavericks punished him for it um Przingis had four offensive rebounds during finney smith had three Mavericks had 14 offensive rebounds as a team, which is pretty good for them. Funny enough, the Hornets had 18 uh, as a team. But again, it was, it was a lot of it was predicated on that first half. Um, the Mavericks really drilled the Hornets on the boards in the, in the first half. I'm just going to look it up right now just to be sure. Yeah, they had seven offensive rebounds uh, in the first half. Uh, and, you know, the Mavericks shot worse. In the second half, so allowed Shaw to kind of gain an edge on the boards, but still, you know, Dallas looked like the bigger team, which hasn't always been the case, even when they have been the bigger team. Um, you know, Kristaps hasn't been rebounding well lately, so for him to get a double double in the first half was huge. Uh, I believe he only had two rebounds in that loss against Indiana. So again, him him getting back on the boards is is huge. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith scored 15 points. He had a really good game. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. hit 5-11 from three, one of his best scoring games ever, you know, of the season. It feels like, I mean, he has been in a huge slump. But Dorian scoring double-digit points is usually what is the make or break between this team and a loss. So that was nice. And maybe the, uns, you know, not the unsung hero, but the, the hero of the game, probably Trey Burke, 22 points in 23 minutes. 9 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 7 from three, uh, 6 assists too. Uh, he hasn't been a big assist guy in Dallas. Uh, he really... You know, also with Brunson and Przingis set the tone in that first half, making shots. And I think a lot of Mavs fans have been disappointed to see Burke stay in the rotation while Frank Nilakina has kind of gone by the wayside um, since Frank returned from that injury. And Trey Burke kind of took his minutes while Frank was injured, and he's kept those minutes as Frank has come back from that calf injury. I don't know how much I agree with it. Uh, Frank's stats are hilarious because he's shooting like 30% uh, or like 40% on two-pointers or, or like the high 30s on two-pointers. Like he's really got some horrible shooting numbers. Uh, yet the Mavericks seem to play well when him and, and Jalen Brunson are on the floor together on those bench units. So I understand why Mavs fans might be a little perturbed, but with Trey Burke you know, showing some signs of life in the, in the last couple of games, I mean, it's not much. I mean, this was his first double-digit scoring game since November 27th. You know, game against OKC, he had seven. A game against Memphis, he had eight. Didn't play against Indiana. Um, but he's at least, like, making some threes. He's four of nine on threes in the month of December. Or No, apologies, apologies. He was four of nine on threes entering this game. So add the four of seven. So he's, eight. he's made eight threes in December. Uh, which feels like a lot for this Mavericks team. I mean, they could take threes any way they can get them. So you might as well ride this out, see how long it lasts. I made a joke on Twitter that I wasn't sure if this was the game that's going to be the turning point for the Mavs or if it was just a uh, a well-timed audition for the December 15th date, which is when NBA teams can trade the players they signed 
the in the prior off season. You know, that means Tim Hardaway Jr. That means Reggie Bullock. That means Sterling Brown. But it also usually that's usually when deals start happening because other you know just the options are open. So that might be a little, little mean spirited because you hope that this is a turnaround for them. But I mean, either way, it's a win. You know, the Mavericks just needed to see something from from some of these guys. Very curious, Dwight Powell only played eight. He started, but he only played eight minutes. So we saw a lot of Przingis on the floor with Maxi Kleba. We saw a lot of Przingis at center. Uh, Przingis at center has been good. Um, although we're not seeing it with, with Luka Doncic out. But with Luka Doncic in on the floor and Kristaps as the center uh, with him, the Mavericks are very, very good. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's something I probably should write on. It feels like kind of the secret to this season and turning it around. Question, of course, becomes can Kristaps play more minutes at center? Will his body allow him to do that? Playing him more minutes at center means that Maxi Kleba has to play more minutes off the bench uh, to supplement that because I don't know if this coaching staff wants to play uh, Finney Smith at the four for extended periods of time with the goals that they want to achieve defensively. But can Maxi hold up? Can he look good? playing you know 25 to 27 minutes a night which is probably what is required of him if the Mavericks are going to move to more KP at center so that's tough it's a balancing act I think that's the reason why we haven't seen more of it really I I, I really don't think it's the coaching staff like the coaching staff sees this if, I, if I'm seeing the numbers the coaches are seeing the numbers too so it's more of just a try how to get to it as much as possible while preserving the the health of Przingis and Kleba who, let's face it, are probably, you know, outside of Luka, two of the most important players on the roster, you know, being big men that can shoot the floor in space. And we've seen how important that is for Luka, um, you know, especially as he isn't, you know, getting to the rim as easily as he as he was earlier in his career. He really needs a, a, a floor spacer at the center position to make things easier for him. So, you know, you got to keep Przingis and Kleba healthy for as much as possible. So, again, good game. Uh, I expect we'll see a lot of Mavs are fixed type reactions, which was what we kind of saw after that big New Orleans win. I don't blame it, blame anyone. I mean, this season has been an absolute joyless slog, to be honest. I mean, the Mavericks are, I mean, it wasn't, you know, just a couple of games ago, they lost to a bad Indiana team and they're one game under 500 and we're a, a third of the way into the season by now. And that's tough. And especially, you know, the Mavericks didn't start well last season, but last season half the rotation got COVID. I mean, Josh Richardson, Dorian, Maxi, um, and and Kristaps didn't play. You know, the first you know nine or so games. So like, you know, that team was hit way harder with injuries and COVID uh, than this team. Even though Luca and Kristaps have both missed some time, and Maxi's missed some time. You know, those those guys have still played a decent amount together, and to see the team struggle as much as it has, and the way they struggle, it's just it's just been a slog. I think everyone, even even people that are still optimistic about this team, you know, admit that just just the on court product has not been entertaining uh, as it could be for a team that has Luka Doncic on it. It's just been a weird season. So everyone should be able to enjoy this win. Everyone should have fun with it. You know, my my hope is that no one runs too far away, you know, with a with a narrative after this game, because up Wednesday night is Los Angeles Lakers, who have been struggling all season as well, much like the Mavericks, but they are in the process of turning things around. LeBron James is looking better, although I think Anthony Davis is is out, and I don't think he'll be playing Wednesday. But they're they're starting to look a little, just a little bit better. Maybe not the team that people you know that they expect to look like, but at least better than what they were. 
you know, two or three weeks ago. So that'll be a challenge. Playing LeBron James is always a challenge. So that'll be a good barometer test to see how real are the Mavericks right now with this, you know, winning three out of their last four games. Obviously helps play Hornets team without LaMilla Ball and, uh, you know, Mason uh, Miles Plumley, who's basically their only big that they play consistent minutes. Um, but, you know, the Mavericks went through that too last year. You know, you play what's, what's on the schedule. The Mavericks can't control that. So, you know, winning by, by 24, regardless of, of who's on the other side of the floor, uh, makes a difference. I guess before I go... Oh, man, I really apologize. It's a, it's a late night tonight. Um, we got to talk about Josh Green. He's played two back-to-back good games for it feels like the first time in his career. Um, 18 minutes... Uh, and the win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was three of five from the floor, one of two from three, eight points. Twenty-one minutes tonight, three of three from the floor, one of one from three. First time in his career, he has made three pointers in back-to-back games. I believe he is now on six made three pointers for his career. Um, so there's still some work to do. Four assists in the two games, which is nice. Eleven rebounds, which is even better. I mean, he's just looking like a productive athlete which is something the Mavericks need. You know, they don't need Josh Green to average 18 points a night. They just need him to be out there and look like a serviceable NBA player and, you know, be able to to minimize his mistakes enough that his athleticism can shine through because, I mean, he's the most – he's probably like the most athletic player on the roster, on a Mavericks roster that's starved for athleticism, especially on the perimeter. And you can really see that, you know, he had an alley-oop dunk uh, off an inbounds play – Tonight, you know, six rebounds. Uh, he had a block. You know, just just looked like a like a decent rotation guy, which is just all they need. You know, it's not a hard bar to clear. You know, in terms of what the expectations are. Um, so hopefully they can see this coming. Um, you know, hopefully this is something that can continue. I mean, they just they just need some guys to give them something. Um, again, his passing was pretty good. He had two assists, but his best pass to Mahara Jr. missed a three on it, like a really nice cross-court pass I might write about after the game. Um, it was just good to see, and I think it needs to be mentioned. You know, as beleaguered as the Mavericks have, as he's been as, as a draft pick, you know, not, that doesn't change after tonight uh, in terms of the, the process that led to, to this, but it's just good to see him put in two productive games in a row, and Wednesday night we'll see if that's the third. So I'm going to get out of here. I've been babbling. I mean, I've yawned like three times on mic, so I really apologize. It's been a long day. It's been a long night. Uh, Mavericks win. Um, tremendous game for the team. Tremendous game for Przingis. Mavericks beat the Hornets 120-96. We will talk to you guys Wednesday night after the Lakers game. Again, this is Josh Bow, MazMoneyBallF.com. Uh, You're listening to Maz Moneyball After Dark. Mavericks win 120-96 against the Hornets. You guys take care of yourselves and we will talk to you later.